1: Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you here. For those of you that were just listening, yeah, we've got another hour of the show. That's what I like. I love, love, love being able to do that. And, you know, it's really amazing when we get to tap in to parts of ourselves that are in divine union. Today, my friend, my colleague, Francine Vail is joining me here today. Angels and Light Beings with Francine Vail. And by the way, check it out, angelsandlightbeings.com. But most importantly, one of the, I think, one of the most important conversations to have, healing through the dark night of the soul. Now, before you think right now to yourselves, what the dark night, what does that mean? Well, I would absolutely love for you to hear what francine has to say about this if you're francine you're connected with angels you're connected with light beings and you're bringing forth divine love golden healing light you know and when you think about this think about it golden healing light in my language coming from the bronx can zap out just about anything. How do we know that now? Scientific evidence about what we're learning about our potentiality to heal ourselves. But sometimes, if you're like me, you need some help. So Francine will call down high dimensional energy, uplift our consciousness, higher frequencies, and it's all about sharing the love, the journey, and having this amazing metaphysical teacher join us here today so that each of us can be touched by that golden light-filled spiritual vision as she was. Now, what I'd like to say about this, dark night of the soul showing up for anybody? Raise your hand. Francine, good to have you here.
2: Hey, Pat. Sure. I don't know anybody who can get away without having at least one if not more experiences the dark night of the soul it's just part of being human that in some way we have to go through these things and it's very hard when we don't understand it so having these conversation today it's really really important so that we can all uh, discuss this and understand it as best we can
1: mm-hmm. what does the dark night mean to you
2: the dark night uh Last night of the soul is generally something that comes up when we least expect it. Very challenging, challenging experiences. We think we we think we passed that test and then we get another one that's a little bit harder. Uh, and so it becomes very confusing. And we say, "What did I do to deserve this? And uh, we can beat ourselves up about it. But actually, the dark night of the soul is an extraordinary moment of growth, an opportunity to grow. But we don't just grow like we do when we take classes. It's a kind of growth where grace is involved. We're getting this dark night of the soul to experience grace. Because Divinity is involved in this, this is very, very big for each human being. It's a time that we have of spiritual purging so that we can eliminate everything that we have accumulated that is not us. That's big. Getting rid of everything that we're holding on to that burdens us, that's what the Dark Night of the Soul is for. To let go of all of that and but then we replace it. and what do we replace that huge burden with that we didn't even know we were carrying around or maybe we felt it we didn't know what to do about it. The dark night soul is going to eliminate it. and we replace it with illumination. Does that make sense
1: to you? Yeah, it does. Because, you know, the times we're living in right now are times where I think each of us is asking for uh, 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 the energy I'm sensing. You and I were talking a a few minutes ago about uh, Mercury in retrograde. And actually, I said to you, it's not just Mercury, it's five planets. And I said something interesting to you. uh, And what I said was, uh, you know, actually for us. The fact that these planets are in retrograde, it gives us a minute to step back and breathe because the level of acceleration that uh, I know we're feeling here and many, many others are feeling, it's like we're running out of breath. And sometimes part of running out of breath means that we have to be in the best spiritual shape of our lives. And if we're not knowing how to deal with this dark night thing, it really is a showstopper.
2: Exactly. You're exactly right. You're exactly right, Pat, and, and misunderstanding it is really, really, uh, that's what makes it the hardest thing, It's when we don't understand what's happening. It's not just having experiences that are challenging and and confusing and cause us pain, but it's a time for us to look deeply inside ourselves, to gain that understanding, that self-understanding What does this mean to us? Why are we having this right now? What's happening in our lives right now that we need to learn about this challenge? And it very often comes along, um, unfortunately, it comes along with the loss of someone that's close to us. When we lose a loved one, uh, most especially a child, uh, way too many people have that experience, unfortunately, very sad tragic, um, it happened to me, happens to so many women, uh, that creates a dark night of the soul. Mm. And so uh, there are practical steps we can take to move through it so that we can grow spiritually, emotionally, and when we come out of it, we realize we've been transformed and that we are more enlightened than we were before. We have that illumination because we were willing to look deep inside ourselves. That's really the key, is not looking outward or asking other people for answers or blaming anybody, but it's looking inside ourselves and finding our own divinity, and that's really the task of the dark night of the soul, and sometimes we could use a mentor, we could use someone that we trust, who has some wisdom, who can guide us and help us. Sometimes we're very depressed during a dark night of the soul. That's part of it, depression, and that just makes it more challenging, right? Because when you're depressed, then you don't feel like doing anything. Mm. And it's a time when we must, we must search deep inside ourselves and um, see it as an opportunity and tell ourselves this is an opportunity for me to grow in my life and uh, look at our failures and our struggles, um, examine the detours that we've had in our lives. Yeah, and try to see the pattern that they form. You know, when I was I would never forgot, I don't know if anybody else had this experience when I was a kid in school, we used to have these assemblies. Remember, everybody yes. had to wear a white blouse. I remember. Was...
1: So, what? In PS 14 or junior high school 101? That's right. Yeah. What... <laughs> <laughs> and I we totally all, all the remember. girls wore
2: a white blouse and a red scarf, a red little kerchief. So, <laughs> we
1: used to have
2: my navy blue pleated skirt, and that's what I wore to assemblies. And there was one time, it was always very special. There was something about it that was very special, usually like a Friday morning. And, um, There was one time that they showed a Disney production, and it was like Mickey Mouse and a huge book, and it was a book of life. And it showed how every page, you know, Disney, every page was beautiful colors and beautiful pictures, and it shows how the little children go to school and how they grow up and become mommies and daddies. And I said to myself, that is so beautiful. That's the way life should be, that we turn the pages, and every page of our life is beautiful. And so I kept that image, and I did not know. I was so naive. I did not know that's not the way life is at all. And it took a lot. It took a lot of Dark Nights of the Soul for me to break down that image (coughs) and understand that life was bumpy, and life could be messy, and life could bring things that, you know, black holes in our lives, disturbances, jaggedness, things that we never could expect, mm-hmm. that were completely opposed to my image of beautiful life, That every page turning, and every page is beautiful, and people are smiling and loving each other, and I think a lot of us grow up with that, with that fantasy that we're going to have this perfect, beautiful life. All we have to do is, you know, not make any big, really big mistakes. Anyway, that was mine. And um, so it's the dark night of the soul that helps you understand that you have to have experiences, challenging experiences, in order to learn. And I sure did. I sure had my my share of challenging experiences and after each one it's very natural to say Phew, well I got through that one I learned a lot I do a lot I understand it I can file that away I don't need any more of that and then what happens? but another another huge yeah. challenge comes up and that's what I've learned recently through my work as a healer is really amazing what I've learned is, we have layers and layers and layers of pain and sorrow inside us, mm. and each, each challenge and each dark night of the soul helps us with another layer. It's not that it clears it all away in one sleep. way <laughs> we'd like it to. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But we we it doesn't happen that way and and it depends on what has happened to us, our past life experiences, who we are as a soul, what our life trajectory is, where we came in, how we started, and we're going to have we're going to have a dark night experiences. so yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but and you know, I Francine, think,
1: one of the things I want to ask you about, and I've always pondered this for myself. And I know I'm not alone. I know there are people that are listening to the show as well, you know, that have tried to understand this whole dark night idea what it is, what it isn't, how we understand about it, what we can do about it, what are some of the things that we can recognize. And one of the things I love is I read a letter. uh, Let's take a short break when we come back and we'll talk about this. I read a letter from Carl Jung. And, you know, we sit here and we look at a guy like Jung, right? And we think, man, oh, he was this dude wonderful. had it yeah. going on. His life was easy. No. You know what he did in his spare time? He chiseled stone. Let's take a short break, everyone. What do we want to know about the Dark night? so when it shows up, we can be welcoming and understanding instead of resisting and angry? I know. Doesn't that sound so easy? Well, that's why I got Francine Vale here. Stay tuned, everybody. Uh-huh. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Pat. The ancient Inca root vegetable maca is world-renowned for its wide array of health benefits. As a family-run company of true maca specialists, the Maca Team's mission is to provide you with fresh, organic, premium-quality maca powders at a fair price. Amazing. All of the products are always organically grown, fair-traded, GMO-free, fresh, and potent. So don't take my word for it. Experience the life-changing benefits of maca today. Visit themacateam.com. Oh, Benny, you didn't. Did you just play Olivia Newton-John right there?
0: You know the one and only. <gasps>
1: oh, baby! Thank you, Benny, the M- Mr. Benny Mathers, everybody. My co- colleague, uh, I'm Dr. Pat Francine Vale, joining me here today. You know, Francine and I have talked about how we met, and I'm telling you, the journey in watching what happens when you say yes in your life and you push beyond the dark night of the soul. It is amazing. Francine works with people all over the world. And I want to say to everybody listening today, do you want some help from Francine, from Angels and Light Beings? Do you want some help today to at least start to move through whatever the dark night is holding on to in your life? You know, we don't have to be, you know, a cast of characters from The Walking Dead. We do not. So 1-800-930-2819. And Francine, you have an amazing experiential workshop that you have started and now you're running in the New York area. Uh, Can you tell us what that's about? Because I'm telling you, I am looking at my calendar and I'm seeing, can I get on a plane to get there?
2: (laughs) You would love it, Kat. Um, Everybody would love it. Uh, The name of it is Life After Life and Our Angels. And it's it's an experiential workshop from 1 o'clock to 6 o'clock on June 12th. If you're interested, send me an email and I'll send you the information. It's FrancineAngelHealer at gmail.com and I'll let you know all the particulars. And we're going to explore what happens when after people die. And I have had some new teachings coming my way. Um, I always get new teachings keep me interested in my own work, <laughs> and um, when we hear about people having near-death experiences and they go to the light, we think that that's it. But there is more to come. When people go to the light, um, that's like the welcoming committee, and then after the welcome party is over, then... Uh, we all have to settle down to what's next. And so in this experiential workshop, we'll discover and talk about what happens after that. And it's really very important because it goes further with the teachings of forgiveness and non-judgment and how we are not in charge of those things. And so it's a really good workshop. And I'm actually uh, in the middle of doing it in a segment uh, with a, a group of women um, outside of New York each week. And they are just having the most amazing experiences because I create an angel portal. And then we are in that angel portal, and all kinds of things happen. So that's what I'm doing on June 12th sending oh. an email, Francine Angel Healer at gmail.com if you're going to be in the New York
1: area mm-hmm. and you're interested yeah and by the way for those of you uh, uh, out there I wanted to say that Francine um, uh, works with folks one on one and I want to make sure all of you know uh, that you can contact her and schedule your own session as well uh, today for those of you out there we're we're here to help shine a little sunshine you may be thinking oh I'm like now in the Pacific Northwest and we've been having the sun, the sun, the sun, the sun is shining. But you know what? Even if the sh- sun is shining outside, do you feel a little bit of darkness on the inside? I'm not talking Darth Vader kind like that, but just a little bit, just maybe a little bit on the inside. Here's what I want to say. We're not born to live like that, right, Francine? We're not born right. to live like that. So when is it most likely that this dark night of the soul can show up for people because you just shared your story i know for me my dark night showed up in 1990 and my life changed you know do we have to face our dark night and if so do i need a laser uh sword to do that
2: well it's it's slightly different for different people a, a dark night can last 20 years Unfortunately, for some people, yep. with uh, one experience after another that just comes on over and over again, and it, it burnishes us. It basically burnishes away all that is not really us. That's the thing to remember about the dark night. While we're going through it, we are burning away with our pain and sorrow we're burning away all that is not us, so that we can emerge our true authentic self which is a strong beautiful light and it gets obscured by our programming and so the dark night comes along to bust us out of that and it, it's really it's something I don't feel anybody can avoid it even people who you think may have a charmed life <laughs> going to have the experience and so for me uh, I've had several in my life and uh, I would think the biggest the biggest one of all was when my baby died mm-hmm. and it seemed like uh, it, there was nothing to say nobody could say a single thing to me that was going to help me that was going to make it better what can anyone possibly say and so I went through a slight depression. It's not my nature to be depressed. Mm-hmm. So I would sit in a chair and just look at the drapes across the room and when I look back at it I realized that was kind of a depression. Just staring at the draperies and examining them. <laughs> you know, how they
1: looked. Yeah. And um but what I get that I was, though. I really do get what you just said. And yeah. I know that our listeners do too because we've yeah. all done that. You know, we've yes. all had to stare at the walls. But we don't know that we're doing that, and it's a part of what you're talking about. We think we're really broken.
2: Yes, we do. We And we are. We feel broken. And yeah. we, we have been broken. But we do mend, and we can mend. And the thing about that was, um, when that happened to me, I, I couldn't cry. There was no more crying nothing made me cry. Whatever happened, oh. uh, sad stories or people, nothing could make me cry. Oh. And I felt like all the tears had just dried up because what could be as bad as my, my baby dying? I can't
1: imagine
2: and so, it. And I can't imagine it. And I mourned. It. I really did mourn for a long time. And I tucked it away inside my heart and I went on with my life, but it was still there. And... So I was still in the dark night without even realizing it. Even after I finally gave birth to my daughter, which was magnificent light coming into my life, um, I was I was still mourning. And so some things that I thought would never go away, but then the most amazing thing, sometimes I'm not saying this will happen to everyone, but it does happen to a lot of people. We just have to be awake and aware. Because 26 years later, that baby came back to me as a 26-year-old in spirit, and he became my spirit guide. Now, these things happen. They're real. And so something that seemed like the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone turned out to be the most enlightening experience that could ever happen to anyone. And he told me that it was planned that way. So we need to remember that things that happen to us that we don't understand could be part of our destiny. Even though it seems cruel, it's part of our destiny so that we learn. And that's really what we should be doing when we're in the dark night is learning, educating ourselves. We can read. We can Now we have online and so we can go and, and, and read things like Carl Jung. We can look up topics and investigate all the inroads to help us spark our own feelings. and very often the dark night is also a crossroads mm-hmm. so in my case the choice was stay depressed I already had a child who needed me and who I loved with all my heart and wanted to be a good mother too and so I chose to come out and come into the light, and 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 laugh, and be with my child, and be with my life. And so I had to um, do that. And the sorrow just becomes part of part of your life. You know, you, you, it's in your heart until mm-hmm. the day when it's transformed. But you must go on with your life to the people who are there who need you. That's the first crossroad that you come to in the dark night is being there for the others who need you, but in that process, you discover your own strength, and then you can say to yourself, well, look at me, with all this pain and sorrow that I'm going through, I'm still here for the people who need me, or the one person who needs me, I'm here for them, and that makes you strong, it burnishes you, strengthens you, and it brings a new kind of light into your life. Mm. that you didn't know you had. Wow. You
1: and know, Francine, I have a question for you, because, and I want to yeah. talk with you about this, if you don't mind, when we come back from break. And for those of you that would like to call in and, and get a little help today, the question that I would like you know, to talk with you about is, you know, do you think that you would be the Francine Vale of today had that experience not happened? And, hmm. and the reason I'm asking that, uh, and we'll talk about it when we come back, is I don't believe that I would be sitting here talking to all these fantastic listeners, right? Loyal fan base all over the world, had I not gone through what I went through. And, and I know that, you know, it's hard to sit here now. I, I can't even explain how this happened, but I know you can, Let's take a short break, everyone, and thank you, Francine, for sharing that. you know, um, you, you know, I, I uh, wow, let's just go to a break, everybody.
0: Oh, it's you. I know. You're the one I dream of the Doctor is in. Tune in to the hit show, The Psychic Love Doctor, with host Deborah Lee. Deborah's life affirming, highly perceptive reading method has taught Deborah how to zero in on specific problems with relationships, career pursuits, and current roadblocks to success and happiness. Join Deborah Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific and for a special broadcast the second Thursday of every month at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com
1: Do you want to achieve your goals? Do you want to strengthen relationships with others? Do you want to improve your financial status?
0: Colette Marie Steffen is partnering with Mark Kettenbach to bring you an Energetic Upgrade online experience launching in April. Unfold and develop your full potential. Visit EnergeticUpgrade.com today for more information. That's EnergeticUpgrade.com. My eyes, take me to the clouds above. Oh, I lose control. Can't seem to get enough. When I wake from a dream,
1: tell me. Benny, between you and Francine, I think I'm going to be crying for the rest of the show here, actually. Wow, Francine Vale, everyone. Uh, for those of you out there that want to connect with Francine, want to connect with angels today, we have opened up the phone lines, one eight hundred nine three zero two eight one nine. 930 2819 You know we're talking about the dark night I was sharing with Francine that in 1990 something changed for me that I don't even understand oh and by the way it happened again in 2003 uh, when the radio show started but I don't really have a way to explain it I can talk about the facts Francine I can talk about the things that have happened but I don't fully understand the depth of this the way you do and I had asked you a question you know, do you believe you would be the Francine Vale of today had you not gone through your dark nights?
2: Well, that's that's a question that we could ask everybody. Yeah. And the truth, the truth of the matter is the way I see it is this. What is the purpose of life? <laughs> you know, we all ask that question. And from what I have learned uh, from all my spiritual exploration um, is the purpose of life is to learn to love ourselves, the divinity that's inside us, and to love others, and to help others to learn to love themselves. That's what we all need to be doing. Whatever else we do to earn a living, to maintain ourselves, uh, we need to be learning how to love ourselves and how to love others. And the dark night of the soul, I think, is set up to get us to understand how we can go out and help others. Because once you have the experience and you have suffered through it and you get yourself out of it and you're out the other side to look back, you're never the same. You just can't, you cannot be the same carefree young girl that you were before you had a baby who died. You can't be the same innocent child that you were before your mother died when you were two years old. No. You, you just can't. You cannot be, be what you were. And so those experiences force us to understand that this is all of humanity and we then gain the understanding but not just to have it for ourselves. This is the important thing. We then go out and help other people who are having those experiences. So after we have an experience like that, we every time we hear somebody talk about theirs and they're lost and they don't know. Or Wherever we are and we hear about it, we can help that person or those people. We can even go further and seek out people who are suffering from the same thing that we went through and lend our wisdom that we have gained now that we are on the other side. And so this is really where it takes us. And I feel for my own answer, I have been through so many dark nights and sometimes um, like many other people, uh, they all seem to blend it together <laughs> and sometimes happening at the same time. And um, I went through it. And for the first time in my life now, I feel that I'm out of it. And so all of that helped me to make me a very compassionate, loving healer so that I hold people in a place of unconditional love. Whatever happened to anyone that comes to me, I somehow can relate. I relate to it. I relate to the suffering. I relate to what they're going through. Even if it didn't exactly happen to me, something very much like it happened to me. And so that is really what it's for, to make us all universal healers and helpers of one another and as we do that the more we do it the more we help other people the stronger we get and we become very strong in the process. yeah,
1: yeah. you know I, I I love one thing in particular that um, um, that I love hearing you talk about and that is that it doesn't mean that it's not painful for us to go through things but I love what I learned from my stepmother. And I have to tell you, at the same time, uh, Francine, I despised learning it. Um, I learned something so important a- about what perseverance really means in life mm-hmm. and why it's important. And it was her way of talking about the dark night, but not really talking about it, right? Right. Um, and... She's ne- she she was never wrong about that for me, and there was an interesting way she would go about it, um, and and always be optimistic. I know that's where I got I that's where I get my optimism from, you know. I know I get it from her, and this is a woman that really had a bunch of dark nights. Seriously, a bunch. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had her first child at uh, twelve and her second one at. 13. You, you know what mm. I'm saying here. My, my Right, yes. And so for those of you out there that want to chime in, please do so. I believe, Mr. Benny, we may have someone that would love to join us on the on the show today, right?
0: We do. Margo from Bellevue. Welcome to the show. Hi, Margo.
1: Hey Margot. Margo? Margo?
0: I guess Margot didn't want to hang around. Try back, Margot.
1: Oh, Margot, Sorry. Um, uh, yeah, please call us back. 1-800-930-2819. Um, you know, Francine, let's talk for a little bit about uh, how we heal. Because part of the conversation is about healing. Yeah. Uh, the question is, how do we heal? But most importantly, there are people, and I was one of them, that, the, that I didn't think I would heal. I really didn't think I would heal. And so, how do you work with people to help with that divine union with God, that divine union with a higher power? Well,
2: the most important aspect is that a person wants to heal. Each one of us has our own way of being in the world. When we decide that we've had enough and we want to heal, then it begins, and that's exactly when the teacher will show up, the person that you need to help and guide you. Mm-hmm. And so the first step really really is recognizing your own divinity. I help people recognize their divinity through uh, many different ways, uh, shamanic journeys, uh, different ways we bring in the angels. Uh, when you when you communicate with your guardian angel, uh, you begin to know that that you have this divinity in you, and you begin to recognize it. And uh, that's the very first thing. Make make that choice. That's the crossroad that I talked about earlier. Make that choice that you want to heal, that you want to be there for others, and in that desire, you begin to heal. And one of the things that we do on a practical level, very, very, feet on the ground, practical level, is examine our responses during that time of the dark night. Did we lash out at people? Did we blame other people in our lives? If we did, we need to examine what happened as a result of that. Did we have a good result? What happened to those relationships that we chose to blame? Yeah. Or did we not blame anyone? Did we did we blame ourselves? How did that hurt us when we blamed ourselves? Chances are, you know, we got sick in some way from self-blame, which is not good for us. It's really self-love that we have to learn. And how else did we respond to that dark night? Did we remain quiet, go inside ourselves, search out? What that experience is meaning to us, so that when I was pregnant, for example, with my daughter, which was she was my fifth pregnancy, I had one child, and I was confined uh, to bed. I stayed on the couch instead, and I heard all the sounds of outside, life going by without me. Did it make me resentful? Did it make me angry? Did it make me hate people because they could get up and walk and drive and go places and I was Mm -hmm. stuck at home? No, it didn't. It gave me great compassion for all the other people who were handicapped or sick and stuck inside with no way to get out on their own. And so for me, it developed compassion. And so I learned about myself. And by learning that about myself, that one aspect of myself That allows me to begin the journey toward loving myself. And so, this is all part of it. We have to engage in this roadmap that leads us to love. That's really what it's about. Once we learn to love ourselves and have compassion for ourselves, we then have compassion for others and love for others. That's the journey that we're on. That's the journey that every single one of us is on. And we come back and have life after life until we perfect that. And that is what grows our light. That's what I like to call it. We grow our light, and our light shines from our eyes, and our light comes out in our voice when we speak to people without jealousy, without without, um, competing with each other, by being for one another and then people recognize it in us and they love us in return and this is the way we can change the world so we need to really bless the dark night of our soul we would never be the people we become without it when i think of my life i could actually say my whole life is a dark night of the soul (laughs) i went through so much you know And then I emerged at the age of, you know, 73, 74, to feel that I got out of it. I I got out of it. Here I am. I I learned to love myself. I love others, whoever they are, whether they hurt me or not. I don't have to spend time with them if they hurt me. That's a big lesson in the dark night of the soul. (laughs) You know, you don't have to be with people who hurt you. But... You don't develop hatred or uh, bad feelings towards it. You just learn that they are deserving of, of divinity and love as well. And so the dark night is, uh, well, it's a big thing. Yeah. And you're really blessed. If you can have one major event in your life, and that's the dark night that lasts a couple of years or whatever, and you get out of it, you are blessed, believe me, to go through that in the very... Um, in a more or less easy way. More mostly it's complicated, messy and bumpy. Yeah.
1: yeah. One of the things I love, and we should really touch upon this as well, is that anger does not heal anger. No? Anger does not heal anger. Uh, anger and yet does somehow anger somehow we anything. think it does. No, you know, we think anger and anything. resentment is going to heal anger and resentment. And I think that you know what we've what we've learned, and certainly uh, many people have learned this from things like well, let's shall we call it the New Thought movement, or the movie The Secret, and now science. It, we're looking at how in in life, right? How in life can we heal some of the worst things that could possibly happen to us, but We now know it's not through doing that same thing, right? Exactly. And so, what are some of the things that you help people with in your healing sessions with folks?
2: To understand that if we are angry and resentful, and you know, we we've been programmed to be angry and resentful because it's even in our Bible. You know, people rage at God. People get angry at God. You know, and and. It's not the anger and resentment that we hold inside us creates illness and sometimes devastating illness. So it's not doing us any good. And when you learn what I have learned about life after life, you immediately are washed clean of any desire to hold on to anger and resentment or blame toward any other human being. It is not it is not good for us, it's not good for them, not good for the world, it doesn't do anything to serve anyone. It's a waste of our energy, it hurts us, it hurts the people that we love when they look at us and they see us angry, and if we have children, they can learn to become angry. Uh, From our example, anger is not something we should be practicing, even though it's all around us, we're immersed in it every time we turn on the TV. And I personally don't have a TV, and I am now going to be returning my, uh, my cable box. I don't even want it in the house, because I don't even ever want to be tempted to get another TV and maybe turn that on. I, a TV it brings a lot of anger. I'm not saying there aren't good things on, and right. we can access, we can choose those things uh, in other ways through our computer and finding them and just making that choice. And that's the very biggest message is anger and resentment that people feel and think that we're justified. We think we're justified in being angry because it's all around us. And we've been programmed, and it's the worst thing. if anybody is listening to this, whoever is, if you go away with one thing from this show, it is there is absolutely nothing to be gained anger you're not hurting the other person whatsoever you're only hurting yourself and so um, that is the misunderstood part of the dark night of the soul to rail against God or to rail against others That's, then then we're on on the wrong path and we've taken yeah. the wrong the wrong step on the crossroad.
1: yeah
2: the crossroad really is to decide to heal And to learn and grow and expand. And the true healing is really spiritual healing. That's what it is. It's spiritual healing, coming whole, becoming a whole person, bringing the fragments of ourselves back together. And uh, that's the lesson of the dark night.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I love being able to, you know, look at this. And for a long time, when I first started to do this, uh, uh, over 13 years ago, you know, it was fascinating because I I got to talk with with people and, you know, just share what they've learned. And and something changed in 2004 for me. And I think it was my own healing journey that I started to. And boy, talk about a dark night. Holy cow, you know anybody out there that wakes up one day and all of a sudden finds themselves a less, less than in perfect health knows what that journey mm-hmm. is like. Yeah. And, you know, somebody asked me a question, Francine, they said, Pat, would you would you go about things differently now uh, that you know? And I said, yeah, there's one thing I would do differently. I would share the journey with more people uh, mm-hmm. because people are really looking for not feeling alone, not feeling like they are isolated in their journey uh, that's exactly
2: right and right? that's that that's exactly why I wrote right. my book on the yes. part because I am sharing, and it is a dark night that I went through for so many years, and how I got through it. if I had to change one thing about all of that, uh, because I did not respond by lashing out at people, I did go inward, but I was filled with fear. I I was threatened with losing my life many times or losing very, very um, integral part of our our good health. I was threatened with losing my leg at one point, and I was frightened to death, absolutely frightened to death, but my response was no. No, no, no. That is not going to happen. I'm going to find a way back toward good health. That is not going to happen. But I did suffer fear. And so one of the reasons I wrote my book was to help people understand, um, just focus on the healing and try not to fall into the fear. Because the fear is is so devastating. and, And yet it's almost unavoidable. Yeah. Almost unavoidable. I remember when I had a malignant melanoma on my left eyebrow. Oh I was so frightened because what's behind your eyebrow? Your brain. Yeah. I was so scared. I was so deathly afraid. And um I looked in the mirror after the tumor was taken out and I was stitched up and my eyebrow was ruined and um I said to myself, I was all swollen and covered with bandages and miserable, totally miserable. And i uh, missing a wedding and that I really wanted to go to, just totally miserable. My knees would shake. I was filled with fear. And um, I looked uh. at myself in the mirror and I said, you're never again, ever going to call yourself stupid right. or ugly, because I used to do that. Every time I made a mistake, I would say to myself, you're so stupid. How could you be so stupid? And I swore I would never, ever curse myself again. I would only say things that uplifted me. And that's the words that we use. is so important to fill yourself up with loving words. And I never did. I never again called myself stupid or ugly. I called myself beautiful. I told myself I was beautiful and that I was smart, and I was, but I had to see it for myself when yeah. I healed from that horrible thing, that horrible trauma. So these are the kinds of dark nights that we yeah. go through, you know, no. and even the people that were angry at me for not going to the wedding. they said, what's the big deal? So you have a bandage over your eyes that you don't understand
1: yeah know. francine no. honestly what a fabulous show i think next time we come on we should talk about exactly what you're what you're what you're sharing with us today what are some of the physical changes that happen to us how do we respond to them and how can we practice a new version of self love through our words Francine Vale everyone check it out angelsandlightbeings.com oh thank you guys for tuning us in and turning us on we'll see you next time
0: Lights go out and I can be saved. i tried to swim again